step right up, come one, come all, to the greatest show happening right now in James Stephen Barry's bedroom that we are going to be talking about. We've got prizes, we've got drinks, we've got games and surprises. This is Was That in Good Taste, the show that may steal your wallet. My name is Chandler Phillips, and with me as always... Hurry, 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 down here we have, of course, as always, James Stephen Berry. That's right, you know it, your host of Thought of Giving Up and your co-host of Was That In Good Taste, right down here. That's right, folks, come on up, give me your money. I promise you, just because I'm black doesn't mean I'll steal it. Oh, yeah. You right there, sir, with the Wu-Tang shirt on? What's going on? Oh, who, me? I'm just some old simple country rube. I don't know nothing about the big old carnival circus. Oh, that's... Ooh. Well, we're going to fix that today. <laughs> we're going to fix that today. Because today on Was That In Good Taste, we are talking about circuses. You know, the places that you go to that instill childhood fears. Circuses are pretty neat. They got the clowns, they got the acrobatics, the carnival food, the animal cruelty, the euphoria, the history of human rights violations, the overpriced trinkets, and of course this has nothing to do with the fact that the GOP, the Grand Old Party, is coming to a cataclysmic halt. Um, But first... What's going on? Oh, we gotta catch up. We gotta talk to each other? Yeah. Oh, this is uncivil. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> but first, what's going on with you, well, James? Oh, this is so interesting. Usually I'm the one introducing the episode, so it's so interesting to be on the other side having it thrown to me. Well, nothing's been happening. I still have no job, still been doing nothing, been doing nothing, but getting ready to turn this into a small business. That's right. I don't know if you heard this, but like they always say, the only way to pull yourself up from your bootstraps is to start a small business. Mm-hmm. You can't pull yourself up from the bootstraps if you haven't put any straps on your boots yet. But uh, I've actually been writing. Been writing. Uh, been writing. Been writing a little, a little some jokes. You've been writing some jokes. Been writing some jokes. Well, in the honor of our circus episode. Oh no. Oh, you, you say ca- you oh. got jokes. Oh, I didn't expect this. This is this not is, what I expected. This no. Was, you set this up way too easily. Oh, shit. Way too quickly. You said you got some jokes. Make me laugh, clown. Fuck. Uh, 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 why did the clown open the door? Uh, why did the clown open the door? It was a nice gesture. Gesture. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> oh. Um. <clears throat> what did the, uh,. Circus manager said once they fired the human cannonball. Uh, what'd they say? We'll never find a man of that caliber again. Hey! Hey, in honor of, uh, the, our lady, uh, the, um, the, 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 the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, who, I don't know if you knew this, graduated from HBCU. She graduated from, uh, Kappa Kappa Kappa. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, she's part of a sorority. Uh, what's the difference between a circus in a sorority. Ooh, I don't know. What is the difference between a circus and a sorority? The circus features a variety of cunning stunts. <laughs> well, what do you think a sorority features? Oh, no. <laughs> I can't even. Oh, no. Come on. Come on. That's funny. <clears throat> All right, I got one. All right, come okay. on, This town, it's it's known for having two things: the greatest psychologist and the greatest clown. And all the people who go to the the therapist, the psychologist, they're like, "Man, I'm so sad. What should I do?" And the psychologist says, "Hey, you should go check out this clown. You know, people love this clown." He'll cure your sadness in an instant. And so he tells this to all the, all his customers, all of his patients who come in. And then one day, this sad, sad man comes in. He comes in. He's like, Doc, I'm so depressed. I'm on, I'm on the last, last leg of hope I got. I lost my house. I lost my wife. I don't know what to do. And doctor says, well, I know what happens 
and I tell all my other patients to go see this clown. I think you'd probably benefit the most from going and seeing this clown. The patient goes, that's the problem, Doc. The clown oh, fucked my wife! <laughs> I didn't expect that. Holy shit. You saw, I was going to chip in with the... Because I knew where I, knew where I was I going. Know that, right? I, 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 I am the... Nope. nope. The, uh, the, the redirect. Fuck. That's funny. You, got, uh, uh, you win. I, One point. Alright, I'll take points it. Now. That's right. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll win. We won the days, fellas. Wow. We Damn. won... Well, <laughs> yeah. So I've been writing jokes. I do like those jokes. The second one definitely got me, but I wasn't going to give you the win over it. <laughs> but it was good. You know why? Because I didn't say it. But that's, that's a, true. That's the point, though. You're not supposed to say it. You know, some it was a it was a shadow punchline. Yeah, it was like Louis C.K.'s. I mean, you know, we can't. Uh, Who? It was like that. You know, mm. that joke that you can't say about the word that you can't say, but it makes you think the word that you shouldn't say. It's like that. I see. Stunning cunts. The joke is in my head. It's yeah. like when you make the sandwich in your mouth. It's like it's like charcuterie of humor. Yeah. What about you? Wasn't it with you? Um, I will go on the record and say absolutely nothing is new with me, but also everything is changing. You know, nothing has changed, but intrinsically, I'm a brand new man. Ooh. Um. See, I found this new spot Must be fucking nice. just on the inside of, um... Oh, no. Oh, oh God. Ew. <laughs> oh, can we continue? No. Could... No, I'm kidding. That's that's not why I'm a new and reinvigorated. Like you, just, you just found that spot? Well, it took a little exploring. Oh, God. Um, we had to, had to make peace with the indigenous peoples of the area. And, oh uh, God! Are you are you doing comedy? Are you doing stand up? Are I'm you doing, writing jokes? I'm doing um because you're sure as fuck not funny. I have been writing jokes. It's just they're not funny, and so then as so soon nothing's as, new. Gotcha. So nothing's new. I write the jokes. I'm like, oh, this is hilarious, and then I read the jokes out loud in my outside voice, and then um, I want to kill myself, and so instead of doing that, I just eat the joke itself. Like, just rip it out the paper and don't even throw it in a wastebasket. Didn't they were edible? You'd be surprised what's edible when you put your depression to it. Um, But today we're going to get into just what we're we're sipping on real quick. We got a nice little uh, gin and bourbon cocktail that we're tasting. Ooh. It's the... uh, Suffering Fools. I kind of want to rename it The Motley Fool. The Motley Fool. I kind of like that. But we haven't know. taken enough liberties with it, I think, to, I was thinking that. to warrant a full rename. I know, but it was such a good idea, I just had to throw it out there. I do like if If it catches on after this episode, you can claim that you started it. I will. Uh, anyway, this cocktail features Hendrix Limited Edition Orbium. Uh, it's a Scottish, uh, Scottish blended uh, gin with extracts of quinine, wormwood, and lotus blossom. Uh, Also includes uh, an ounce of bourbon, ounce of lime juice, ounce of ginger, and then a little uh, bit of agave syrup in there. For more details on the nuance and complexity of this drink. Can I do this? Can I do this? And of course, for more details about this... And all the cocktails and liquor we feature in this episode, you can always join us on Mondays. That's right, on Mondays. Monday, Monday, Mondays. Behind the bar, right here on this RSS feed. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you're going to find us behind the bar. I like that. Behind the bar. Yeah. It's almost like I'm better at it than you. Oh. <clears throat> anyway. Well, the reason why we chose Hendrix Orbium to feature in today's episode is because the branding of it looks a hell of a lot like a Cirque show. Like, it reminds me of the posters I'd see for um, Cirque du Soleil and their featured performances Absinthe and uh, Opium that were all along the Vegas Strip when I lived in Las Vegas. And so I just kind of made the connection there. And today we're talking about circus stuff. So 
<clears throat> Without further ado, I'll introduce our uh, in-house um, expert on all things circus, James Barry. Uh, it's a delight to have you today um, to answer all of our questions regarding the circus. Thank um, you. I I know you have an extensive history. Of course, yes. With them. Um, yes, yes, I do. Um, so first, can I just say something? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let me have some very important notes here. You fucking idiot. Me? You're a, you're a fucking idiot. So this is very interesting. So I was gonna I was gonna do research. What? But I didn't. Good. For a reason. Okay. Because I know things about wrestling, which is related to to it's related to the kind of theatricality, the early years of wrestling. But you know, it's it's not the same. Fucking the circuses started in Rome. When, you know, like, the, the history of circuses really started with fucking gladiators. That's actually the birthplace and the, the heritage of, of circuses started then. I don't know shit about that, okay? You're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking fool. And I've decided I'm going to cut a wrestling promo on you, you motherfucker. Look at you in that fucking, that goddamn Wu-Tang Ooh, shirt. I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to tell you something right now. You come here into my house with this shit to make me look like a fool. I gotta tell you something, brother. I'm gonna tell you something. I don't know why you thought I would know shit about circuses. But they're scary. I've only been to one circus. I don't know if you know this. Okay. The Big Apple Circus. You know the Big Apple Circus? Of course I'm you don't. I'm guessing it's one that happens here in New York. It's a black circus. What is that No, mean? I'm lying. What is a The Big Apple Circus is the New York one. I'm sorry. I meant <clears throat> the Universal Circus. Oh, spelt with an S-A-O. S-O-U-L. Universal oh. Circus. It's the I was thinking one. of the Jewish one. No, That's it's like, S-A-U-L. you know, Universal. What's up, brother? What's up? Like Universal. Like Solomon. You know what? Elephant um, got tired of working at the circus. Are you doing? He just getting paid peanuts. Oh. hey This guy over here thinks I know shit about the circus. Because I know about carnies. Because I know about... Like, I know things about show business, but not fucking the circus. Well, I'm glad we were able to touch on your credentials a bit. What other credentials do you have as far as your expertise in the well, just circus? Happens, you I know have... extensive um, wrestling, lore, history, and uh, the parent genres of it. You're, you're very familiar with carnies and carnival um, culture. Uh, you're... I'd say nearly an expert in uh, showmanship <laughs> oh, yes. and uh, theatrics oh. um, with your dramatic ass. I, <laughs> I just wanted to know you know, how the synthesis of all these different kind of peripheral expertises came to the culmination of how you have your, uh, your newest book coming out, um, <laughs> Ringleader of One. Um, <laughs> published and written by James Stephen Barry. Well, it just so happens that I do have a book coming out. It's called One of My Closest Friends is a fucking white-ass cracker, and he's a loser. Jesus Christ, you're fucking... Get out of my fucking face. That'd be a great I book. don't know shit about fucking... But I actually... You'd have I, so much experience to draw on to write that book. But I will say that I do I do think clowns are scary as fuck. And this is so funny, is because I'm not... I don't, I don't have whatever clownophobia is. I don't fucking know what it's called. I don't have that. I'm not scared of clowns. Mm. And when I saw, I saw the modern version of It in like the 3D version, the the, the 4D version in like a RTX. What is 4D? It's like in way. a chair and they like, like whenever, whenever Pennywise would come out, he <laughs> and then it's like water splashes you in the face and it's like a, the chair has like things in it to punch you in the back. So he... I don't like that at all. So that's thing, too though, immersive. Can I say something though? That shit is so funny, but like, that's not scary. Clowns are not scary when it's that. It's like Jeffrey Dahmer scary. Like when it's a picture of like a fucking short white man with a chubby face with like hastily painted on face paint. That's scary. Fucking like a movie. That shit's not scary. But what about like the? Uh... Like the old TV things of like Bozo the Clown or like that kind of black and white where it seems like the picture might burn through at any minute. I just think about Molly when I was a kid. Oof. Big comfy couch. Oof. Oh, I thought you were talking about something else. 
Um, <laughs> when, you know, I, gonna, I remember yeah, now you're talking about Yeah, then she would, then she would get in the uh, clock, and she would, do, <laughs> she would do her stretches. Ooh. Not now, obviously, even though she was 22 at the time. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, I'm, I don't understand what's happening here. But, like, her leg, wow, 12 o'clock. Like, it fucking bends. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say nothing, but I would fuck the bananas in pajamas. Straight up. I find them. What made you think of fucking the circus? I find them appealing. <laughs> what made you think of the fucking circus? I let you, you know what's so funny? When you put this this concept, I just left it. I was like, yes. So I can call you an idiot. No, what made you pick the circus? I was watching some random TV shows and they were doing stuff on the circus and there was like one thing where the person was like, ah, I don't like clowns. And I'm like, that's, it's weird that like there's a collective identity of people who don't like clowns when the entire role of a clown is to try to make you like that. But, but or... really, who doesn't like a clown? So I'm, 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 I'm all jokes aside. We we're, I don't think people, are we going in on this right now? I don't think people I don't think people just like clowns. Okay. I think there's a meme as in like in the original sense from the selfish gene by Richard Dawkins, like a thing that's kind of proliferated through culture that people don't like clowns. But I don't believe that's true. Wait, do you say Richard Dawkins? Yeah. As in like the host of Family Feud during <laughs> the nineteen eighties? What? No, sorry, that's Richard Dawson. I was just, okay. Um, anyway, uh, for a second I was like, did he do that? I don't imagine it. I can just imagine. <laughs> Crossover. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> ding! Ursa Major. <laughs> that's wrong. Show me Oedipus Complex. <laughs> um, so one of the things is I think that people, i give you a good example. I don't play scary video games. I didn't play Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. I'm not going to play Resident Evil 8, even though it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm Did not you scared. play Resident Evil 1 through 6? No. But <laughs> Fucking poser. I watched people play them. Okay. I have a lot of friends who were like really into them. But they don't scare me. I don't get any anxiety from actually playing scary video games. But when I think about playing a scary video game, I get a little scared. I get a little anxiety from even buying one. Like I don't want to. Because I'm supposed to be scared, but they don't scare me. People don't look at... People are not... I mean, there are some people who are fucking scared of clowns. But people are scared of sandals, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's like five... There's not a lot of people... There's phobias for everyone. There's not a lot of people. People, like, they just have, like, this weird thing in their head. But, like, oh my god, I'm scared of clowns. Have they ever fucking seen a clown? It's, like, usually somebody who probably... It's like a comedian. Fucking somebody who stands on stage. They're sad. They're lonely. They're pretty ugly. I they're mean, I think all the things you just described make them terrifying. They're sad. They're lonely. They're just looking to make a a buck, and they're hiding Only behind a mask. Because for you, is like looking behind, looking looking into a mirror. But exactly. but the thing is, it's very interesting because like going to clown college. Oh God, I know more about clowns and circuses than I want to admit. Um, <laughs> going to clown college is crazy hard. You know. It's a lot of effort because it's not just like communication skills, not just writing, but like it's hardcore, like the development and the psychology of comedy. And that's so fucking crazy that people go to school and they call it clown college, but it's not a joke. No, it Pe- gets real in depth you know? as to comedic oh, theory. Shit. I'm going to throw a fake, I'm going to throw some fake numbers out there, but like. It's an anecdote from somebody else. Uh-huh. So I don't, but roughly somewhere between like half to two thirds of people who go to clown college drop out because it's hard. It's a competitive field. I'm not joking. You you would think, it, no fucking joke, it's hard. Imagine this. You go to a fucking place, you're like, I'm going to clown college. Most people who go to like arts colleges or clown college or who go to like a comedy workshop, they go. But they're not prepared for work. Right. right. So a quarter of the people who go to a comedy workshop aren't ready to put the work into writing. Like they, they think the comedy comes so natural that you don't really need to yeah, put so, in all that but, extra. And that, that's more people than you think. But to be generous to the people who participate, let's say it's a quarter, which is not a lot. It's usually more than a quarter. It's still a pretty high yeah. exit rate. Then what else happens? Then you start doing the work. Some people are insecure. Some people don't think they're funny. Some people know they're not funny. 
more people drop off. It's not easy work. And then there's a physical aspect. I mean, you don't have to do front flips and back flips, but doing pratfalls and kind of falling your butt, and then also being able to let you be, to be allow yourself to be put out there, be a little vulnerable. People not, a little bit more people drop off. Those kind of things are hard. And clown college, people fucking are weeded out from it. It's fucking crazy. So if if you think if you went to clown college, do you think you'd major more in like the mimery? You don't major in anything. They they this is not a fucking joke. They master everything. That oh masters of everything. Why, so um, jacks of none. Barnum and Bailey's has a had a clown college that was so fucking good, but one hundred without exaggeration. 100 students signed up, which is incorrect because it'd be way more than 100 students, but like to make it easy numbers, 100 mm-hmm. students signed up, about five students would finish. Holy you know, shit. Of course, that graduation way, rate Way is... more people because it's because they require you to be able to do everything. You have to learn how to juggle. You don't have to be doing, uh, uh, you don't have to do backwards side juggles with 15 objects. That's not, that's not fair. But like, you still do have to be able to juggle more than most people could teach themselves in their house. Well, like, I think the hardest part about clowning, like, because you could teach yourself how to juggle. You can work on that coordination. You can work on, like, the the physicality of it if you really set your heart to it. But I think the real difficulty would be in the clown branding. Like, so, like, there's the, uh, the Clown History Museum, and I think it's France, um, where they document each... Um, I guess notable clown um, clown performer they're able to document their um, their face paint but they have the clown draw it on the shell of an egg and that seems like a task that would be harder than anything like to because I mean anyone can take a pie in the face I <laughs> suppose it's so funny because you're, you're saying that like it's a joke but it's not true it's not a joke I was listening to of course, I've mentioned before, Penn Sunday School. Oh. Um, uh, with Penn Pen, With Penn from Penn and Teller, ah. Las Vegas, with their show, Penn and Teller, and also, of course, Penn and Fool Us, which you could find on CW. I, mean, I don't fucking know. It's not a Are club. we sponsored by them? <laughs> I wish. Then um, I, um, I bet you I wrote Ready Rich. He would fucking probably tell the pen about it. Um, I'm going to write Ready Rich, actually, because he replies to everybody. I'm about to do that. Um, so when Matt Donnelly went to Clown College, he's, he's talked about it. Face painting is hard because because yeah. the thing is you can be scary because you can't just pick up white paint and paint your face. There is like a random skill, but I don't know clowning so much, but I know wrestling, and it's kind of the same thing. So when people start wrestling, people learn moves, uh, especially like in the late night, late eighties, early. Well, you know what I say the the, the early nineties to mid nineties, like when the Hardy Boys what was that the Golden Age? No, I don't. That's prior. I'm trying. Oh, you know what? Actually, if you not Golden Age, like it's the best. But like, like if you went like comic book, where comic book is bronze, yeah, bronze age and silver age. Bronze age is like fucking, you know, that's like fucking, uh, you know, fuck, ah, oh, shit. What the fuck is his name? He was the WWE. You don't fucking know. He was the WWE. You don't fucking know. Whatever. I don't fucking know. Whatever. Like, why you know, are you insulting me for not <laughs> knowing no. something that you haven't even uh, explained? I know, I but feel very we've attacked. been drinking a lot, so right now I can't recall, but Bronze Age is like, um, uh, is like, fuck, uh, shit, I just fucking said his name fuck. in my head. Shit. He's, he's blonde, Bit. he's beautiful, Ric Flair definitely got his beauty, got all his ideas from him, whatever the fuck. Then you have like Bronze Age, which is like Hulk Hogan and stuff, because like, now we get older, like Bronze Age is like wrestlers that I know of, that I'm too dread to remember right now. Silver Age, Hulk Hogan, early Ric Flair, but like, Woo. but not Ric Flair when you like you would know him from like Ric Flair back when he was actually like buff as fuck before he had long hair mm-hmm. because that was a thing he did in the late eighties, you know. Then Golden Age is what I'm talking about. Golden Age is like Hardy Boy, like Mick Foley got signed to WWF because they he went to ECW. Because they saw a video of him when he went to WWF. Eventually, they saw this video of him jumping off his roof. He jumped off the roof and he like did this thing. That was the kind of stuff that you do, but you don't learn character work. 
because in wrestling, you would think it's moves. But the reality is that right now, I could teach you how to do a proper headlock. I could teach you a proper takeover. I could teach... I, James Stephen Beery, right now in this house... I, James Stephen Beery, right here, right here in this house, in the big time. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a great wrestler, but I wrestled for fucking years, and I'm no, I'm not a good wrestler, but I could teach you some fundamentals that are 100% fucking very fucking good, and you could do it. But that's not what wrestling is. No, Stone Cold it's... Steve Austin did great fucking kicks. Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin took the fucking ropes, amazing. Stone Cold Steve Austin, you don't know this shit. He would take, if you watch it, even though you don't give a shit about it, you would see it like, yo, he's so fucking cool. People, everybody, in the 90s, everybody said, he's cool. They didn't think to themselves, he hits the ropes hard. They didn't think to themselves, well, he has the opponent in the corner. When he puts the boots to them, he really puts the boots to them and it looks great. But they know, intrinsically, and they, they see the quality of the work that he does, right? And that's the difference between being honk honk funny think about comedy you do comedy anybody can tell a joke anyone can tell a joke anybody can put words on a page and be like well i just well man i'm gonna tell you something anyone can say words in a humorous i just got into comedy at the age in my 30s and i'm gonna tell you something hmm. you know there's nothing more about no, we're disappointing than realizing that everything's behind you. You're not funny. You have no skills. You're not talented, and you're just not gonna make it. So comedy's a good fit for me. Anybody can say random words. It's like uh, it's like free form poetry, except it doesn't even have to try to make sense. You know, it's not about Louis C.K. Doesn't fucking is not. He stands there. He's like bald, and he's like oh. oh, oh. That's his whole thing. That's it's no. writing. <laughs> Louis C.K. Could you imagine? Like, I know. Is that the argument you're making? It's no, no. Like, Louis C.K. isn't all that funny. No, I'm, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, has no, I'm comedy. saying it's the writing. Because like you look at fucking people like oh Hamilton. I was watching a video earlier that was breaking down the rhyme structures. When you watch Hamilton, you don't think, man, the structure and wait for it is amazing. But you know the structure is good because you're listening to it and it's good. So you understand it. You and can't put on face paint. You can't just be. You can't just roll out of a clown car. It takes skill. It takes time. It takes effort. And that's why carnies are kind of not the same and not really associated with circuses because carnies are a festival thing. It's true. So when you go to festivals, when you go to like fairs, you have carnies. They try to take your money. Well, carny, carnies are salesmen first, mm-hmm. and entertainers second. Or clowns are entertainers first, and, you know, vagabonds I mean, second. really, like, the carnies, they're so funny, because, like, the clowns, we mentioned this before, um, clowns are at the bottom, like, below jugglers. Wait, clowns are at the bottom of what? Of the hierarchy of, like, entertainment mediums and the, like, so, like, especially in, like, Vegas, and, like, you know, it's, like, mm. it's, like, magicians get shit. But, like, really, it's clowns, jugglers, then magicians. Yeah, even jugglers can make it in today's day and age. You know. Well, I'd say street mimes are probably at the very bottom. They're clowns. I know, in essence, they're clowns. No, they're not. They, they're clowns. No, like clowns are clowns, and street mimes are like no. sparkling wine. Mimes are mimes are mimes. If you're miming in New York City, you're not a mime. You're a clown doing mimery. Don't Ooh. disrespect mimes. That's all right. That's a fair point. I concede to that. That's um, don't you dare fucking. What the fuck is a what the what the fuck is the deadliest warrior? Wait, you never seen that Spike TV show, The Deadliest Warrior? What is that? Oh, fuck. You know what I'm talking about. They'd be like, all right, we got, an, uh, what, like a, a fucking uh, Macedonian phalanx warrior versus a Spartan hoplite warrior, and we're going to see which one is the deadliest warrior. Yo, I, I want to know about that. your breakdown of who's, who's a deadlier warrior you fucked up because you poised this episode as me talking you did that that was the first problem you did that i just i wanted to pick your brain about what you knew but i love this like i want to know 
between a carny and and circus folk. I'm not limiting it to clowns. It can include lion tamers, acrobats, even the ringleader but himself. The clowns are like the epitome. You know why? Hold on. Because I'm going to get to the Deadly's Warrior thing, but the reason why clowns are like the epitome is like wrestlers. Is that you're the p- promoter, right? Vincent Kennedy McMahon is the promoter. He is the owner. His family owns. They went public, but they own the World Wrestling Entertainment. He's the P.T. Barnum of the city. He owns it, but here's the reality of the situation. Is that while he owns it, the talent is what really makes it happen. Right. You know? So, everybody participates, but the talent is always the most important. Which, can I say to anybody who creates content, even if you're a comedian, one of the issues comedians have, especially if they're talented... Is that whoever is their Janice, whoever is the person who hosts it, whoever is the person who puts it together, you don't need them. Ooh. You need that. They need you. Ooh. Because without the talent, they cannot do anything. But only if you are actually talented, of course, which is the barrier. Right. But they, you don't need them, which is why today is much better, which is why clownery you, can you think that you think that Barman Bailey's uh, stopped having you know animals and they've stopped having much business because oh man animal rights no because the business falls the business has fallen because you don't need them well that's kind of interesting to me too because if you look at the business structure to it clownery <clears throat> was a much more popular thing before the circus was Mm-hmm. Like there has been an extensive history of clownery way before P.T. Barnum tried to change the game. I learned that from uh, The Greatest Showman. Which I've never seen. Oh my god, it's a waste of time. Please don't <laughs> I didn't, that's why I it's know. It's got like three songs in it, but their soundtrack is like 12 songs, but it's just <laughs> all the same song at different tempos. That's why I didn't do it. Um, I'm sorry, no disrespect to the creators of Greatest Showman. I love you. I love your work. You're doing great. <laughs> Nothing but positive things to say. But, oh my god, don't waste your time with that fucking show. Um, but clowning has been around. Like, there were freelance clowners. Mm-hmm. Just going around until one guy was like, hey, wait a minute, I have... What I about have a, mimes? My, yeah. When you think of a mime, what do you think of? Do you think of a person putting on mime paint going to working as part of a business or do you think of a person who was out on the street busking making money for themselves using their talent as a mime to do their own business i think of a pokemon that's given it to ash's mom oh god that's mr mime mr mime um but yes i do think of the busking like the the making a making a name for yourself on the streets and then eventually everyone's like hey that's the uh, Mime Wazowski, or whatever, and they're like, "Hey, that's that's the greatest fucking mime clown." But like, their mimes are even an offshoot of clownery. Because I think they're the same. It's just like a weird silent version. But you know, the thing is, you mentioned something just now that made me really think. It's about legitimacy. Oh, I thought it was about Ash's mom getting railed. I by... mean, I think about that all the time. Okay. Um, it's about legitimacy. So the reason why wrestling, because it's only with wrestling for me, but it's the same kind of thing. We wrap it up, and it's like it's like this. You look at it, and it's like okay. Um, they used to wrestle in fucking barns, and what they used to do is, and this this is what happened is that like it's like oh boy, is that where the term no holds barns came from? <laughs> well, uh, I think we talked about this before. Um, in wrestling back in the day, it was like hey, there was a person. This is really how pro wrestling really got started in barns. Would wrestle bears. But he was like, yo. Bears? Bears. The bear. Did did they beat the bears? When the bears trained. Oh. Yeah. So then what happened is they realized that like. The bear instead of wrestling, fall. Instead of wrestling for a bear that's trained, which is hard. Pick a friend of yours. Send them to the town ahead of you. And then have them integrate into the town. And then you come to the town, challenge a stranger in the crowd. Beat the stranger. Make some money. Like, I, you know. <laughs> Which, by the way, but... I love to... I love the idea that, like, 
at one point in time, you could file on your taxes. Like, oh yes, I'm you a professional. Taxes? There was no taxes. There's no fucking taxes. This is fucking. This was the. This was like eighteen. Hold on, actually, this was like nineteen twenty. But there, I mean, there were still taxes. There was, in but 1920. They, people who were going from town to town, they aren't filing. They're taxes. not filing taxes. You know, and then so what happens is what. People eventually figure this out. I'm a professional stranger <laughs> beater upper. Um, people fig- people figure it out, right? People figure it out. So what happens is, is that if you people know that you're like people know that you're disingenuous or you're a con man. So mm. what you do is is that because people know if you go to town, you have to kind of shift a little bit. You make it entertainment. You got to get a little shifty as a con you know, man. So you the reason why clowns think about it as a clown. You're in, you're in a corner. You're like, oh, you're doing little things. But it gives you more legitimacy. Pardon me. I, said, I, I know the story of The Great Showman, but I don't know. I never saw the film or the... I, I think it's a movie, a fucking a, a, a musical as well. Uh-huh. Um, I never, I've never seen it. I'm going to fuck about it, but can we be real? People always like to make these people kind of people the enemy, but the reality is, is that you need respect in wrestling... When you're out and you're wrestling random people in barns, which it, which it turned out to be, or you're wrestling people in what they call – it's an insult in wrestling, bingo halls. The big company – Wait, the what? So – and WWE always calls it like – you're like, you came from a bingo hall. A because, bingo hall. Because when you're wrestling at independent companies, even big ones, even the biggest ones that have hundreds of fans that show up every week. Like in LA, PWG sells out every fucking week before COVID. Mm. Even though – they even though they could have a huge building, they keep the building small because they're trying to keep it like edgy. You know, they're trying to keep it like, you know, fam- Rosario Dawson shows up, like you know, famous people show up, so they don't want to make it a big place. Wait, because- Rosario Dawson? Yes. As in Cory Booker's Cory girl- Booker's wife? <laughs> yeah, of course. Or girlfriend. Gr- girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, he hasn't yeah. locked that down yet. I know, right? Oh, so here's the Corey. thing, Cory. So you look at it, right? And it's like, okay, obviously. They Wait, g- real quick. I just thought of this. What? Um, if Cory Booker would have won uh, the the presidency, oh, it would have been Cory in the house. Oh, shit. Sorry, continue. Um, so you look at it, right? And it's like, okay. <laughs> fuck. You, like, fucked the whole shit up. So you look at it, right? That's and it's so like, Raven. Right? <laughs> so you look at it, and it's like, okay, right? You have these people creating content. Right? You know? But they're not legitimized. It's about having people legitimize you. They don't have their bottled and bonds you sticker. Know, so PWG is a big is a big business and they could they could they could fucking fill up an entire arena if they wanted to, but they want to fill it every week so they keep a small building. Hmm. But like the big company says you're in bingo halls because the places you kind of you rent out are like relatively small. You know, I mean a bingo hall can be big. If you put, if you you could fit like five hundred people in a bingo hall, if it's like for a show or something. How many but, old people do you think you could fit in a bingo hall? But old people are going to bingo halls for wrestling events. That's the point. That's the fucking meme, okay? And then of course, and then of course you have the best thing, the fucking snacks. The snacks. Don't even get me fucking started on cotton candy. Oh, all right. Because. From what I remember going to the circus as a kiddo, the cotton candy's the best fucking thing. Cotton candy and kettle corn are king. Cotton candy? Kettle corn? Candy apples. Ooh, he hit him with the candy apples. Hit him with the candy apples. Oh, the three Ks. Cotton candy. (laughs) Kettle corn. (laughs) Candy apples. (laughs) Wow. Oh, Oh, you know what? It's It's like a... Cotton candy with a K. Yeah. Candy apples with a K. Kettle <laughs> corn. Got you. That's why they got all this sure white face love paint. The, sure do love the KKK. Oh. You said it. I sure do fucking love cotton candy. So there's a place in the village in Manhattan. Oh, again, before COVID. There's a place, actually an Astro Place. There's like a, it's a Korean restaurant. And they have like a huge cotton candy maker. Wait, no, wait, no. And before for real, yeah. And before you're ma- while you're waiting for your food, you can buy a cotton candy for like D bucks, and they'll like spin it for you. It's so fun spinning oh, cotton candy, and of course the king of random on YouTube, which they do a lot of scientific things. 
they've done a bunch of like spinning different things in the cotton candy. Wait, but, no, what? Because anything that's kind of liquidy could be turned into cotton candy. <gasps> All right, so I'm gonna admit that uh, I'm going to admit this here before I've admitted it to anyone oh, else. Shit. There have been multiple occasions where I have contemplated buying a cotton candy maker for my own private use. Let's do it. Um, we can write it off. Um, oh. I did so, in three weeks, we're going to be buying a cotton candy maker to follow up this episode, and we're going to be making cotton candy of different make, things. Can we make liquor-infused cotton candy? No, because it's going to oh. fall apart. And it's going to oh. be sticky. Damn. What if we make cotton candy and then put it in a cocktail? I mean, it sure sounds like we're making a delicious cocktail that just so happens to have cotton candy as part of the recipe. I don't know. That sounds wow. like if some of our listeners would be interested in hearing more about a cotton candy cocktail, be something they'd want to tune in in the future to learn about and perhaps... Um, you know, buy cotton candy from us. Because, I mean, look, if we're going to buy an entire cotton candy machine, we have to turn it into a lucrative business. All right. I'm, I'm going to pull this in. All right. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to... So, we were so, talking so, about cotton candy. No, we were talking about the deadliest warrior. That's true. Okay. All right. Who would win in a fight oh, fuck. between state fair carnies State Fair, not County Fair, State Fair Carnies, Barnum, and between them and Barnum and Bailey's Circus, Circus Folk. Where does Cirque, Cirque Folk that? I'm saying Cirque Folk come f- from everywhere between, like, you may got a guy who can bite a lion on the ear and feel no re recourse or because i don't know Cirque du Soleil they need to be in there because Cirque du Soleil has like 50 it's like the blue man group you I know mean, Cirque du Soleil rolls deep but i don't necessarily know because like if there's a fight they gotta be there because Cirque, Cirque is in Cirque is in la they're in vegas but also they're in new york they're in pittsburgh they're in Philly. Cirque rolls deep Cirque, they got they got like 80 versions of their show what about the blue man group where they at? Because, you know, they... they, they Ooh, do Blue Man Group fall into the circus? They wear paint, and they play music, and they dance. And also, it's not really a people individually. It's a... it's a. Uh, I mean, so does Ariana Grande, according to all of those things you just said. <laughs> but I think it's... Also, the... Biden was replaced by Trump. What? <laughs> I... I was watching. Hold on, this is a you random. Lost ta- me. This is a random tangent. I was watching the inauguration, and the official inauguration stream. There was like a technical glitch, not anything big, like maybe the feed for like one eighth of a second cut cut out. And my immediate thought was, "That's what Q is talking about." Oh shit! That was the sign. They switched him. Now he's Trump. Biden is not Biden anymore. Now he's Trump. Oh, I'm shit. sorry. I just had to. I just had to. I just threw that in there. Continue. continue. They just swapped my. They did a face off. <laughs> continue. Continue. I'm not. I'm not. Anyway, who's gonna win in a fight between apparently the Blue Man Group, <laughs> Cirque du Soleil, fucking? Well, between Blue Man Group, Cirque du Soleil, State Carnies, State State Carnival Carnies, and Barnum and Bailey's clowns, people. Barnum and Bailey's. Look, I'm thinking. Like your typical traveling circus, not like someone who's got a residence. You ever see fucking Deadwood? What? On HBO, Deadwood. Deadwood. You what? Is that? Oh, you never seen? You never seen Deadwood? I never seen Deadwood. Oh, what? Does okay. that have to do with circuses? Yes. Okay. Pause on that. That. Gonna put that on the side. Put a pin in that. Put a put a pin in that. That is coming back later. Okay. Traveling Honest. circus folk, they will fuck you That's up. That's what I'm saying. They will fuck I you think up. They will, like, carnies aren't afraid to stab someone, but traveling circus folk look forward to stabbing someone. And here we have on the left, the traveling circus folk, standing just under five foot eight. Can I do the tail of the tape thing? <laughs> oh, do it, do it, do it, do it. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> 
standing just under five foot eight. He is wielding one rasher of kettle corn. In his throat, a sword exactly six and one eighth inch long. Yeah, he will use that to an advantage on his reach there, James. That's uh that's gonna be a big uh... I literally forgot what the Dullis Warrior. It's like the best show ever. Right? Because they literally before they get into the fight, they go over this crazy thing where they have like an expert come and he's like, Well, I'm an expert on so I don't know if you know this, but clowns actually were the reserve warriors in the Roman times. Okay. They were in the back and people didn't really there was always a small Regiment of exactly four. Okay. <laughs> of exactly four. I just realized the part of this conversation we never even got to. But what we was should... it? Rodeo clowns. Oh, fuck. Because rodeo clowns fucking deserve all the praise. But they're also racist. The... Wait. You know they're not racist. You know they're racist. Like all rodeo clowns Come are on. racist? How are they not racist? Where, um, rode... where, do, you, where do you have rodeos at? Um. Look, okay. So... <laughs> I don't, I don't have enough evidence to say rodeo clowns aren't racist, because like, I mean, what I tell you, what boy, but uh, you're just saying that because you think anyone who goes to a rodeo is inherently that's not racist. true at all. I don't think that. I think that people in positions of power with money from places like that are racist. Well, I'll tell you what. I've been to a handful. You're and by- white. A handful of Latinx rodeos <laughs> that featured Latinx. rodeo clowns. Okay. In fact, in my experience, I found that that clownery. Oh, so is, what you're telling me is, is still... that a bunch of Latino people, Latinx people, who just so happen to be employed by most likely a Caucasian or white person. Oh, they who, can't be they can't pushed... be independently wealthy? <laughs> uh, oh! Wait, hold on, where were they from? Because they're from Texas, they're racist. They're from California. Because... Well, they're racist. A lot, they, they're racist. <laughs> I can continue. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just saying, I have, in my experience, noticed that the Latin community also uh, appreciates clownery. That's why I'm going to continue. And... Fuck off, man. <laughs> I'm trying to say, like, all right. What you're saying? In one of my previous jobs, we had a client who was like his whole shtick, his whole live show was being a clown, and I'm like, I didn't think clowns still had one man show type things. And turns out, like, they have a pretty solid, solid following amongst Latin Americans and the let. Latin community that that these these like independent performers without a circus that's what that's what I'm saying is the is the thing that I was I was kind of struck by is like they had their own clown brand aside from any sort of central greatest show type thing let's be real I I, I think about this the reason why I think about wrestling is because it's the same kind of vibe. Big companies have people who do acrobatics mm-hmm. and dress up and do characters for people, mostly children. But for the, the truth, sake of entertainment. But the truth is, in America, I don't know if you know this, but do you know who is the largest fucking audience for wrestling? It's fucking Mexicans and Latin Americans. You don't fucking realize this. I mean, I believe you, but just the way you said it's fucking Mexicans. No, I love them. No. <laughs> my brothers, my sisters. I'm a person that can get the fuck out of here, white man. Um, I fucking love, like, fucking Lucha Libre. You don't fucking understand. You don't know this. The reason why Rey Mysterio, he got the championship after, Rey, after Eddie Guerrero died is because, of course, fucking 619 Rey Mysterio. Because guess where he's from? Where's 619? Um, that's the opposite of where I'm from. No, I'm nine one six. He's what six one nine. Six one nine, of course, is a California zip code. Oh shit! Because guess what? He's fucking Mexican. Six one nine. And of course, 
Rey, there's a Puyaka Puyaka 619 Puyaka Puyaka Rey Mysterio because guess what? Mm. He's Rey Mysterio Jr. He's a fucking Lucha Libre son of Rey Mysterio Jr. You know what I'm saying? Just like Blue Demon. Just like Pentagon Senior. And of course, Pentagon Junior and his brother Ray Ray Phoenix. They fucking is not a joke. So it makes no sense. It makes I'm sorry, it makes complete sense that especially like Mexico and Latin America, that they would love that kind of thing because Lucha Libre in Mexico especially, they have technicals, which are the good guys. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and they have Rudos, which are the bad guys, you know. The rude boys? You know, and then they also have, like, a... This is not good in America, but they have, like, a type of wrestler, which is, like, a a, a, a male. Usually, it's, they're meant to be male. They're meant to be... They're meant to be male, but they dress up in, like, makeup and stuff. Mm. And they're meant to be, like, effeminate intentionally. Like, they do super clowny, super ridiculous, super silly things. Because... That's the kind of thing they like. And it makes sense that clowns and things like that, especially like independent style, would vibe. Because they really, really vibe with that. 100%, without exaggeration. I believe that. That's super interesting. And I, I don't know why, but I think it's like a kind of independent thing. And also because I think a lot of the people who I know in New York who dress up as a Mickey... I know mad people went to school college with. Used to go to Times Square just with Mickey Mouse... Just with Freddy Krueger, they're all Puerto Rican. They're all Mexican. They're all, like, from Latin America. They're all from Mexico. All the time. Because a lot of them dress up like that. And I think it's kind of become kind of a cultural thing. You know. To kind of celebrate that dressing up? I mean... Or is it just like that that form of entertainment? That kind of donning a new character persona? In In America, it's a mixture, I think, of, you know, how big Lucha Libre is... In Mexico, especially, you know, and even but, if you're from Latin, even if you're from South America. You ever America, watch Mucha Lucha? I was the Mucha Lucha. Mucha, Mucha Lucha. Lucha. Of course. Fucking you love know, that show. Especially if you're from, even if you're from South America, think about it. You know, it's weird and contentious with the different politics of all the South American countries, but Mexicans still speak your language. Right. So they and they still kind of look like you. So the people who participate in a thing that's really popular there, where they look like you, you're you're probably going to be able to identify and understand it. Well, and fighting is pretty universal. Like um, just, but who, who, fucking Africans and fucking people from South America, especially, be running that shit with a few people from America. No, I'm I'm just saying like. The the uh, attraction to watching people fight is a pretty universal experience. Like, because you got the there there was that one show on Netflix that was like Champions or not Champions. It was um, I don't I'm fuck drawing a blank on it. Um, you don't have so much anxiety that you can't watch things on Netflix. <laughs> Fucking plebe, get on my level. What 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 kind of flex was that? <laughs> was that were were you trying to one up me in social anxiety? What what is going on here? Continue, continue, continue. Anyway, <clears throat> a lot of these different uh, sports that are traditional to various different parts of the world incorporate an active physical confrontation, fighting, or even a theatrical part. And what I kind of wanted to talk about, we only got a couple minutes to talk about, but is. I was introduced to Drag Race, or to, to RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, earlier this year, and the way I kind of found, I, I mean, I'm I'm a straight white dude. Lip so. sync for your life. Okay, honestly, that was fucking that was fucking lit. I'd I'd lip sync like a mofo. Me too, actually. Right? Yeah. But like the way, the disconnect between the performer and the persona and the heavy use of makeup, I kind of thought was analogous to circus or to, to clowning a little bit. So we have to be really careful with that because, you know, especially when it comes to queer folk and with that, it, you know, there's, there's a whole different thing. So like, 
No, some people love Tu Wang Fu, some don't. Some people look at the early years of, if you look at the Fifth Avenue Project, which is on YouTube, which is actually, there was a friend who was really close, his name is Nelson, he was a really close friend of, uh, of um, RuPaul, who ended up passing away of AIDS, I believe in 1985, I, I can't, no, 1989, um, he was recording a lot of their experiences, we had to be really careful, because the queer community and their expression is different. So while it's similar that they're expressing themselves via dance and via sound and via things like that, it's not really analogous because clowns don't believe that they eat fire. Hmm. You know, um, queer folk who like to wear makeup, who like to dance or sing or to be especially effeminate, if they decide to be, it's not the same. Okay. All you right. know what I, I mean? F- I follow. That being said, there are certain aspects, but clowns don't, you know, there's a certain theatricality that clowns fall short of. Short of. It's true. Clown, clowns don't bring it to the same level. You know, they don't. Yeah. And I think that's because the personal identity of a lot of queer folk gets wrapped up into... Gets wrapped up into what they're doing. So they express themselves more by their interests and stuff. Now, being a clown, you might paint your face and you might express yourself, but it's not even close to the extent of how queer folk, or even, I mean, it's usually contentious, but there are people who aren't queer, particularly, you know, like drag hags and stuff like that, you know, but like, Mm. it's different. What initially sparked this, this, I guess, line of, reasoning or questioning or whatever was i was watching a particular episode where they had women come on to to then dress in drag i was that's a big issue you know that and i was i was genuinely confused because i'm like well what what defines drag if it's not the cross-dressing aspect or is it the the uh meta aesthetic that has developed from the popularity of drag that's almost kind of become its own meta clown aesthetic. There's something I, I really wish, I wish we would have known we were talking about this because I would have looked up, there's a particular phrase and there is definitely a kind of issue. And I know a lot, of, I know a lot of people who do drag, a lot of, you know, queer men, it's me queer white men, but I know who are gay white men who do drag. And there definitely is an issue with with pardon me with cisgendered women, women who identify as women doing drag, and it's hard and it's confusing. And I think that there's a place for it, but the place is minimal because the community is heavily queer. Hmm. I mean, the community is mostly white, but like let's be, but there are lots of <laughs> aren't most most yeah you know. <laughs> But like, you know, but you look at it and it's like, okay, there is like, for example, I'm not all jokes aside, like you could be, you could rap a Kendrick song, like in say the N word during the song. It's not Wait, wrong. I can? Like, is like, this a pass? Maybe you shouldn't. Like, can I? Maybe you shouldn't. Can you? James you don't do Barry, it. Don't do it. <laughs> but like, it might not, it might not be expressly wrong if you're listening to a song that you like. If you're imitating or mimicking the song, but you probably shouldn't, not because it's bad. Maybe I don't think that you're a bigot. I don't think you're a racist. You know, it's the same thing. Like I feel like a lot of cisgendered, mostly white women, especially, they love drag. Drag Race is a very popular show. Uh huh. But I think that a lot of people see it like they do. Like you know, like, oh, like you say, like it's similar to clowning a little bit. Like. They wear makeup and they they express themselves, but it's different because it is a different. But if you don't identify as that, if you don't identify the way they those people do, or you don't understand them really, couldn't you see how maybe somebody? This is the Dave Chappelle issue. Mm. You're doing a show. You're doing jokes. You think you're you think you're doing the right thing, but not everybody who sees the show understands it the way you do. You're doing Drag Race. I mean, we're not talking about RuPaul's possible transgressive issues. Like, just in general, being a queer person, looking at fucking Drag Race, you look at it, 
if you're not a person who's fucking queer, if you're not LBGTQ person, you're not, you don't fucking give a shit, what the fuck, you don't fucking know, it's like, it's like, fuck, they're being a clown, why not, why can't I put on makeup and do a special dance? It's true, you kinda, that's the aspect that you start to identify with, and I think that's that internal clown that we all kind of falsely identify. Quick, what's your clown name? My clown name? Um, Bubbles the Double Troubles. Uh, uh, Mine is uh, um, Michael Blackson. That's a real real name of somebody, but who gives a fuck? That's your clown name now. It is now. Um, That was, was that in good taste? And I think we touched on some pretty good good stuff today. We got funny. We got, got silly. We got real goofy. Got a little goofy. Got a little heavy. And then we got a little a little heartfelt at the end. Quick, where can they find you? You can find me on Facebook at Chandler Phillips or on Instagram at C underscore underscore honey. Or you can look up uh, Life of Anya random open mics that are going on in new york i haven't figured out a uh, legit schedule since the um since the new year but if if you're interested in seeing me perform comedy uh just message me wow that's Instagram. how you do quick things you suck of course you can always find me at what what funny friend on twitter.com of course art of giving up on instagram and of course art of giving up podcast at gmail.com and you can always find all of our videos on demand. All of them? You can find all of our podcasts easy to find. <gasps> a Habit of Wellness on Facebook.com. And as always, my name's Chandler Phillips. And I'm James Beery. And drinking is not required. But it is recommended. recommended.